0: Waveform Magazine is a free print publication that focuses on synthesizers and those who inhabit that world. Issue number one is due out in April 2019 and features interviews with Suzanne Chiani, Dave Smith, Folktek, with articles written by Divkid, Abe from AI Synthesis, and more. There are also plenty of gear reviews, music reviews, and a shop talk section where we get to know about those who run our beloved synth shops. Sign up for your free subscription at www.waveformagazine.com and follow them on Instagram. bods, welcome back to another episode of Podular Modcast. Um, Can you believe we're almost at 50? It's almost been a year? I cannot believe that. That's crazy. Um, First things first, I want to say thank you to Tony from Southwestern Australia. He reached out the other day and said that the podcast is helping him, uh, you know, keep uh, sane down in an isolated part of the world. So I hope these episodes continue to provide you with uh, company and comfort in your uh, in your isolated part of the globe. Um, <laughs> uh, I want to remind everybody that there's a Spotify list with the past, some of the past guests um, from the show, and thank you, Matthew Powell, for making that. It's um, I think it's just Podular Modcast 2018 or Podmod 2018 on Spotify. So go check that out. I want to. Uh, give a shout out to our buddy hank yates aka mousy magazine who was uh one of the guests on the live episode in new orleans a few weeks back a few weeks back he has a new ep out so go to his band camp to check that out in fact the song that you hear uh right now is from that ep uh nice work hank good stuff a uh, quick shout-out to people in the Twin Cities area. If, uh, if you're interested, there's the Twin Cities Synth Meet, which uh, is going to be March 16th, 2019, from 2 to 6 p.m. at the Squirrel House Arts. Uh, that place sounds pretty cool, and that's House H-A-U-S. And if you have something you want me to tell other people about, get at me, um, and I will mention it on the show. Can I take a, a moment for some self-promotion? Um, I'm going to be playing a show at High Dive in Seattle, March 10th, with uh Smamed and Lim and Jaya. Lim and Jaya is uh, Josh Lim, who is uh, one half of the um, founders and coordinators of the Modular on the Spot and Modular Nights concert series here in Seattle. So that should be pretty fun. So yeah, March 10th, 8 p.m. Uh, at High Dive in Seattle. I would love to see you there. I saw this post um, from uh, Switched On Austin. It's the synth shop down there in Austin, Texas. They posted uh, a link to a GoFundMe page, which is uh, they're working with uh, some community center to um, to help... Uh, some some young kids build little synthesizer kits, and they are raising money so uh, they could maybe send each kid home with their own synthesizer kit. Um, so if you want to help out with that, uh, it's called Synths for Eastside Girls, and it's uh, GoFundMe.com forward slash girls building synths. So if you uh, are feeling charitable and you would like to help them out, go visit that link. Uh, it's a cool thing going on. I want to say thank you to all the Patreon subscribers. You guys are helping out. And uh, if you would like to become a Patreon subscriber, please visit patreon.com forward slash podular modcast. So today on the show, we have Mike McCarthy, a.k.a. Gerald Fjord. And uh, he just released an album this year, or I guess it might have been last year. Um, and it is now available on vinyl just recently over the past uh, week or two. So um, it's called Good Morning Midnight, and you can go to Gerald Fjord uh, dot band to check that out. It's, I just got my cassette. Um, it's a really, really cool album. And we get to talk to Mike about how he made that amongst other things. I do want to warn you of one technical difficulty that, uh, I had with the episode. I don't know how this happened. Um, it's, there's always some new technical difficulty that arises every time I do one of these, these chats, but somehow on Mike's, um, on his vocal track my Skype like voice was on it as well so i did my best to try to duck the volume of his when i was talking but there's going to be some overlap and there's going to be points where i sound kind of like a weird robot and uh let's just think of it as a cool artsy uh, statement or something, you know, it's like a, this is experimental podcasting. So I, I'm, I'm sure you'll get used to it. And if you absolutely hate it, then maybe, maybe you got something else going on in your life that you should address. Um, <laughs> thank you for being patient with that. So this song that you have heard throughout this intro, um, that that's uh the new single from gerald fjord called smaller and it was mastered by nathan moody and so was uh mike's album that we talk about a whole lot in this episode uh good morning midnight uh, mastered by nathan moody at obsidian sound um so did you just finish an album maybe uh do you do you need it mastered i know uh i i actually just finished an album and i'm gonna have it mastered and I'm going to have it mastered by Nathan Moody. So I suggest you do the same if you're in my shoes. Um, you know, we, we all pride ourselves on being DIY and, and, and liking, uh, you know, having creative control. I I feel like that's a huge thing with, with, uh, being a, a solo electronic artist, but you know, not, not many of us understand the dark arts of mastering, but over at Obsidian Sound, uh, they have the goods. Nathan is, uh, he is renowned for the mixing and mastering stuff he can do for people who make electronic and ambient music. I mean, our Benny has had multiple projects mastered by him. Our guest today, uh, Donald crunk, a past guest, uh, dark sparkler, AKA Kyle Swisher. He's had his stuff mastered by him. So, I mean, you can just go over to ObsidianSound.net and read some of these testimonials. Um, like let's, let's let's check out our uh, Benny's working with Nathan on mastering process was a delight. He was able to see the vision I had for my album through, and help prepare it for out the outside world. His attention to detail, thorough notes, and belief in music was highly appreciated. Can't wait to work together again. So, I mean, if our Benny is is happy with it there's no reason you won't be so yeah go over to obsidiansound.net and mention that you heard about it through podular modcast and you'll get yourself a little discount we are just moments away from getting into this chat with Mike, a.k.a. Gerald Fjord, but first I want to uh, just show you this quick demo I made of the Pittsburgh Modular Microvolt 3900. This thing's blowing my mind and uh, there are some really cool demos to come. This one's going to be just a little little overview, a little basic one, but stay tuned. It's going to get crazy. All right, let's check out the Pittsburgh Modular MicroVolt 3900. This is a desktop analog semi-modular system. Um, It's you can you can have fun with it just on its own with no MIDI controller and uh no no c v being plugged into it um so let's check this out really quick. It's got its own built in signal chain and it's got four different waveforms and they each have their own sliding fader, so we can uh do a, a nice little mix of those so let's check this out. This is the fold wave and then that's got a full timbre slider which i will get into a little bit more extensively here in a moment we've got a pulse which then has its own pulse width fader which i will also get into a little bit more we've got a saw and we got a sign which has a harmonic sign button that you can engage to add harmonics to it pretty fun um there's also a noise attenuator, so you can just add some noise to your mix. So right now I've got all four waveforms up uh, and kind of just mixed together with the faders. And these are all getting passed through the filter. The filter can be controlled by the built-in function generator. It's a great filter. There's also this crazy uh, ultra resonance mode. That's pretty fun. Let's turn that back off. Now what's really cool about this is I can, uh, I can subtract each one of those uh, waveforms from the, uh, the output that you hear right now by uh, patching their uh, individual outputs from the patch bay. So let's remove the fold wave from that and put it into a different mixer. So, right now, everything but the fold wave is still being passed through that filter. So, you can hear that fold wave saying strong there off in the distance, and now I can mess with that timbre. Um, CV controllable on that timbre, and it also has a built in LFO. So now that's everything again, let's take the pulse width out of that uh that original output. So now the pulse level is uh not being affected by the filter. And of course you can do that with the saw wave and the sine wave as well. Another thing I really like about this um is there's a there's a, a drive you can add to your output. So Here we have all of our waveforms coming out, now let's bring this drive up. So that's the drive all the way up. Just slowly bring it out. And that's with no drive. So this also has a built-in arpeggiator, so you can, uh, you know, start messing around and getting some um, some melodic stuff, and then we can put this function generator out. that's pretty fun. And this is, again, with no controller and no patch cables at all. So this has just been a really, really, uh, cursory look at this thing this it's so powerful um you can make some really crazy stuff with just a few uh, patch cables you you know patch it to itself start breaking up that chain and start deciding different ways you want to feed these different uh you know the the lfos or the function generator there's an envelope on it you got a vci on it so you can uh, you can really get a lot out of it with just a few patch cables and then if you have uh you know a modular system to add it to then you know it's, it's basically like getting seven or eight new modules. So, uh, yeah, we're going to learn more about it as we go on with the show, but, uh, go check out some of the videos on YouTube. Um, there's one in particular that Richard from Pittsburgh, uh, he's being interviewed at, I believe it's Nam, Um, and he does a really, really, uh, comprehensive breakdown of what it is. So go to PittsburghModular.com to learn more about the microvolt 3900 and the other amazing products that they make. sweet. So I've got Mike McCarthy aka Gerald Fjord, which I have been wanting to tell you how much I love that name by the way. That's <laughs> that's uh that's awesome. So let's get that out of the way. Where did where did you come up with that? Just it sounded good.
1: Uh I mean kind of I I've always <laughs> been a I've thought of a lot of different names throughout the years for different projects and um I think the the whole fjord thing was something that you know, I'm I'm a big fan of I've always wanted to go to Norway and hadn't done that, but at the you know when you think of that kind of ambient type of music, uh, that was just always a I guess uh, f- common uh, thing to put in your mind and think about. And when I was thinking fjord, and somehow just Gerald popped in there just because of uh-huh. Gerald Ford, and right. I was like, hey. uh-huh. and then he's a man of power and all this blah blah blah. Whatever, <laughs> it works. Uh,
0: good enough. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought it was pretty clever, um, and uh, I gotta say. We'll, we can get to it a little later, but just up the bat, I want to say that your new album, uh, Good Morning Midnight, is um, it's really, really good. I mean, Thanks. I,
1: appreciate it. Yeah.
0: Um, I think I, I, I emailed you a story of – I was listening to it. I, I'm working in this, this area where I have to park a few blocks away in a paid lot and um, – I forgot. I take a picture of the uh, the stall number in the morning so I could pay on the app later. This is all information you don't need, but I forgot to do that one morning, and I'm walking, you know, the the 15 minute walk back to the car, and it's right by this lake called South Lake Union, or just called Lake Union. And um, I was listening to to your album, and it was just like that perfect, like the fog was burning off, and it was right by the water, and it just like it really it really fit really well, and uh, I was like, holy shit, this is this is a fucking great <laughs> album. So yeah. Uh, you, I, I read here.
1: that and I just, uh, yeah, I love the imagery that you you described when you were listening to it. And uh, yeah, I thought that was great.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't, I feel like the word Epic is overused and has lost its meaning, but like <laughs> the, I was just, I was like it, that's the only word I can use to describe it. So yeah, it, it was pretty cool. Appreciate and uh, so I'm actually leaving on the ne- day after tomorrow to go uh, to New Orleans for, a week and I like whenever I travel I like to pair my traveling with like a new album so I can lock like the memory of that album with like a place that I haven't been before it's yeah, kind it's of great. this weird so I think I'm going to try and do that with uh Good Morning Midnight so nice, I'll report uh, back on that
1: yeah <laughs> I, know, but I love New Orleans so if that's uh that's <laughs> if that's the memory that you instill and uh if I'm Kind of somehow put together with Bourbon Street and the way that it all uh, <laughs> ends out, yeah. and that's gonna be great.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're actually staying right on Bourbon Street, so nice. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, I'll stop gushing about the album. I want to uh, learn more about how you got into uh, where you're at right now, and I advise the listeners to go to your Instagram profile because you have some pretty awesome videos of uh, your setup. And your setup is. I just can't think of any other way to describe it other than a command center. Um, <laughs> so we were talking just a few minutes ago before we started recording, and uh, you mentioned that you're relatively new to modular, but let's get like the story of music capturing you, and then how did you find your way to that?
1: Sure. So yeah, I mean, modular-wise, I've been in it for about two years, so I think my whole music journey started when I was in high school around 16 or so, and picked up a guitar and thought that would be cool to play, and... A couple of weeks later, a band down the street that was playing out of their garage needed a bass player. So I said, OK, well, I'll switch to bass and <laughs> switched over to bass, started playing bass in this band in high school. And then uh, high school was over, moved to college, uh, actually started first. I, I don't know what it was that got me into it, but somebody turned me on to some uh, turntables and picked those up and started DJing some hip hop music that turned into eventually trance and house music became a rave dj in the in the early 90s and uh or actually late 90s when the whole warehouse scene was big and everything and did uh-huh. that for a few years and then uh, a bunch of my friends all started a, a sublime like band a little reggae type of band and they needed a dj for that so i switched over to that and did scratching and a lot of sampling and that's kind of my
0: foray into okay that. Okay, so that's kind of I could I could easily see the bridge from something like that into electronic music. But so, where were you going to high school? I, you're in Colorado now, right?
1: Yeah, I'm in Colorado now. I spent most of my life in Austin, but I went to uh, okay. high school in Kingwood, which was uh, a little bit outside of Houston.
0: Okay, I just recently I went to actually it's going to be about a year. Uh, I went to Austin for the first time uh, in March, and like I was just telling you about, like locking in a memory with like a. a an album i know i was super late to the game but that's when i found uh bill callahan and smog and uh yeah that's just like i haven't been listening to much else since um (laughs) i really liked austin's um so how did you so so you're, you're you're living in texas you go to uh you go to college in austin start djing then uh then where we go
1: yeah, so I was DJing in that band, and we were just doing it for fun. We actually did a bunch of tours, traveled the country a couple of different times. For uh, you know, got stories where we got shot at and crazy stuff. And <laughs> holy shit! <laughs> yeah, it was, but we were just we were just doing it for fun. I, I, they they were kind of serious. They wanted it to be something, and I was like, yeah, I just wanted to drink with my friends and hang out. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and we did that for a long time. And then um, I guess I got my you know started uh, my day job, my corporate job, and. Worked that up, and then all of a sudden I didn't have time for music anymore and just put that on the back burner. And I think uh, for maybe a couple of years, three or four years or so, didn't really do much with that. And then all of a sudden it was, um, I don't know. I don't know really what caused me to get back into it, but I, I thought about the guitar, thought about how that was the first in- instrument that I wanted to play. And you know, I, I was saying earlier before we started was, I'm a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none, and um, I wanted to be a master at guitar, I thought. And I picked mm-hmm. it up and started learning that, and then, you know, it's one of those things where you get older in life and you, you have the money to buy nice things but no time to play it, and that was turned into me really becoming interested in pedals more than anything, and I was all of a sudden way more interested in just the, like, how these things are making these sounds and the sonic landscape of it all and all these builders that are doing it and I you know, I can hit this one note and just do all these crazy things with it. I was like, "This is amazing!" Uh-huh. And I think for about two years, I was just really into pedals and just learning everything I possibly could and playing them. And you know, I became a lot better at playing pedals than I was at playing guitar. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think that I just ended up, you know, I, I heard about modular synths, but didn't really want to get into it. And then I thought, well. Everything like you know after two years of just searching for the pedals and trying to get into it, like I heard about control voltage and c v and I was like, Wow, this stuff can control itself so I can play this while this thing 's going on, and all this crazy stuff can happen so i first i think the I think the first module I ever bought was clouds, not too mm-hmm. uh, not too original there <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but I thought i 'd make a pedal board out of modules and bought a few different ones. I think Rainmaker was another one and Uh, Started playing guitar through those, and and then I needed stuff to control control, um, uh, the, the CV of it. Got some things like that, and then bought an oscillator, and that was
0: it. Yeah. So, um, did you kind of shy away from pedals then, and, and focus on modular, or did, you, or have you like found a way to incorporate the pe- pedals you love with with your modular? No I, system.
1: I, I mean, I think uh, I went less crazy on buying pedals as I used to be, because yeah. I was I had a habit. <laughs> One a oh, week or two a week or something.
0: It was crazy. And That's uh, kind of how I got started with all this shit too actually. Yeah. Uh, you, well, yeah, just kind of a similar story playing guitar forever started getting into electronic music. Um but are you familiar with recovery effects?
1: I am. Yeah, I saw they uh, uh Craig um mastered your last or, or your second to last. I don't know if you did your last one, but your your last album.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he actually uh Which was very enjoyable
1: from... by the way. I listened to that.
0: Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate that. Definitely. Um I I think I actually just uh finished my uh my first modular album like, nice this, this week i think i think i'm ready to, and i'm, I'm going to have nathan moody master it and i know he did your album as well so
1: yeah nathan's been a, a godsend as far as i mean uh, just a kind of you know I, I don't mean to i want i want to hear the story but i want to interject that nathan, nathan <laughs> yeah. definitely has been a uh, revelation for me as far as finding someone to master albums just because it, f- Unlike a lot of the people i 've worked with in the past where they 've been great they 've done an excellent job nothing i mean the, everybody i've ever worked with is awesome, but Nathan really takes the extra time to to talk you through things and listen and'll give you critiques whether you ask for them or not and uh-huh. uh, just go through it with you so he yeah he's been awesome
0: yeah what's really what I really love about Nathan and what makes him so unique um is he He's a fan and he also makes the type of music that, you know, that he masters, you know, like, so he's, he's done all sorts of stuff, but he's kind of the guy for all of us, you know, modular experimental ambient type, you know, he's, he just knows, he knows how to lock that stuff in and really, um, you know, and I'm finding in the world of modular, there's, uh, it sounds beautiful, but sometimes there's a lot of unwanted frequencies that if you're, you know, Doing just a stereo mix of a bunch of different voices, it's kind of hard to carve that out. Yeah, I, you know. So he's doing it. Yeah, he does great stuff with that.
1: Definitely. I I didn't really know about you know, whole phasing issues and things like that that occur quite frequently with delays. And he gave me tips on that. And you know, my whole first album, that which is Good Morning Midnight, the one you were referring to earlier, uh, mm-hmm. was recorded at all different times throughout like a year and a half, maybe two years, and. Uh, it was all over the place as far as the way that it was recorded on different daws, on different ways to record, and everything. And he walked me through a bunch of different things and gave me some advice. And I sent him my uh, single that I just put out a couple weeks ago, or a week ago, called "Smaller." And he was—it uh, it was great to hear back from him about you know this is this is your gold standard from now on. This is the one, this is what you need to send me every single time because. Uh, it's great as it is, and he made it even better. And I was really
0: happy with that. It sounds very professional. That's awesome. Yeah, to to get a mix, you know, uh, what you know, at the right point to have somebody like him say this this is what you need to do. Like that's got to feel good because I, I I enjoy mixing stuff, and I'm having a hell of a time getting getting this thing that I'm gonna have him mastered, totally mixed the way I want it, so he can really work with it as good as possible. So that's cool that you found that stride. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the reason I brought up Greg is, um, he, you know, he's one of the, the reasons I'm into modular cause, uh, I actually became friends with him because of his pedals. Like our bands played together years ago and now we're like, you know, really close friends. He played the, he played the song for, our, um, my wife and I's first dance at our wedding this summer. Actually. Oh, really? nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it's been cool to, uh, just kind of like see his progression as a, as a pedal company and then go into modular, um, and uh, I don't really know. I, I know I asked. I just I was going to wonder, uh, who who are some of your guys as far as pedals go, guys and gals? Who is what? Who who are like, what are some of the pedal companies you're super into?
1: Oh, um, oh God, I couldn't even be but <laughs> I, <mean, just laughs> I, I mean, just a knock. <laughs> I
0: mean, I'm looking right in front of me right now.
1: We got uh, Chase Bliss, Maris, um, Cooper FX, Retro Mechanical Labs, um, Got some old blood noise, some uh, auto machines. I just got all three of those, which was the first foray into them. Flux, uh, yeah. <laughs> the list goes on and on. That's just yeah, like looking, yeah. that's looking at my table. If I go in my closet, then we're gonna be here all day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I haven't uh, got to mess with the Chase Bliss stuff yet, but I'm really curious about it. Oh, um,
1: it's phenomenal, especially I was, uh, you know, really just because of the way that he that Joel makes his stuff like. Uh, the CV input or it's expression pedal, but it takes CV and he has the dip switches on the back and you can do some really interesting things that I think a lot of guitarists, you know, they, they, they maybe use their expression pedal and that, and it's a similar kind of idea, but I, I'm just recently getting into uh more re- recordable CV where I can record the CV and use it that way. And I just yesterday for the first time, got the instro, Um, Ether, Aether, whatever you say it, Mm -hmm. and it pairs with the uh, Parrot Plus app, and you can use your fingers and record loops of how you want it to go. So I want it to go from, you know, roll down to negative 3, slowly go up to plus 5 voltage, then bring it all the way down to negative 7 voltage, quickly go up back and forth, and all these different gestures. It's crazy. And if you do that, yeah, it's really cool, and it just loops then when you let go. And then I can plug that in. I can have it sequenced to the uh, trigger that would reset it every time so it's in time with everything. And then I just plug that into the side of the Chase Bliss pedal. And unlike a lot of pedals, which are just going to have that whatever your standard expression pedal input would do, you can go on the back of it and there's all these dip switches. And I can say I just want it to control the mix level and the ramp level or the glide level. And I can have each one switch to going up or down, and so it gets really interesting, really complex. And I still haven't <laughs> tamed it yet, but it's only been a day, so give me some time. But I'll I'll get that through, and then I'll figure out how to do that. But you know, one of the things I love about uh, trying to figure this out is I, I enjoy really slow uh, builds and CV kind of input changes, and this thing gives you like just the ability to do that, and it's awesome to use with those kind of pedals.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I, I think is that something similar to the like the planer from IntelliGel. I think it's got like the joystick on it. I think that's kind of. Similar thing where it can it will record the motions of the joystick right. uh, with CV. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty so cool. That's,
1: I actually have one of those incoming. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I've, nice. been, I've been putting it off for a while, but ever, I've actually bought a whole bunch of these at once and trying to figure out which one I'm going to like the most. And uh, I love the, the joystick idea. So I got that. I got a uh, Flame something or another CV recorder and then one of the noise engineering ones. And, uh, but yeah, so whether you use the joystick, there's ones that you can use the knobs and turn them and and do that. Uh, I just thought it was really cool because Jason from Instruo has been awesome with me as well. And I've been, I think, ever since one of the first things I bought from him was. Uh, like five modules and all in brass custom plating. Oh, <laughs>
0: like, nice. I don't know why. I just had to have it.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, but I want to see that. <laughs> he and I have been talking for a while and, 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 uh, you know, he makes amazing modules and it was really cool to, to finally get this. Cause I thought, you know, I, I didn't know if I wanted to mix an iPad in there and anything like that, but just the control that you have, the visualization of it while you're touching it and, and recording it. And then the ease of use, it just, it just makes sense to me.
0: That's awesome, yeah. Um, I recently just got uh, AI synthesis released um, uh, a stomp box adapter is what they're calling it. It's just it's just to step down your your level of your your modules to uh, guitar level, right. and then it'll bring it back and boost them back up. So I'm I'm finally getting to use my my Earthquaker devices with my setup, and it's uh, it's been pretty awesome. And I'm just I really want to check out that Thermé and the uh, Tonal Recall from Chase Bliss. Yeah. Um, in fact, I kind of want to get him on the show, but I know he's done a lot of podcasts, so I'd have to find a way to interview him in a in a way where I wouldn't be asking him the same questions. But, um, so the, I can't believe, so you're, this album that you just released is your first album you've worked on and written and recorded and released
1: like, Um, yeah, for, I mean, actually, I think I skipped over a whole part, a whole decade where I was a rapper. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. And, uh, (laughs) I, I I was sort of making beats then, but I, I was actually working with a couple other guys from, um, uh, Big Cats from Minnesota and, uh, Giovanni from he's in a band actually uh, fairly well known Limousines and they were uh, making beats for me and I was a rapper hip hop artist for like a, a good while and I put out a couple albums like that I put out the, the albums with um, the Sublime type band I was in called Indofin and did all that but as as far as solo stuff and uh, modular related yeah this is I mean I've been doing it for two years this is the first album I put was pretty much
0: a collective of what I did over those two years. Okay, so you have a little experience with with you know well actually a lot of experience with just kind of how production works and recording and stuff, so it wasn't like um so this, but the new the i guess the new aspect to that would be just kind of like like creating everything i mean you, I don't know how much sampling you did, but I'm assuming you did a lot of uh you know just writing your own you know oscillator parts and it sounds like there's guitar on there is I mean, what what all did you use to make this album?
1: Yeah, this this album was, um, you know, as I was getting into it, uh, I think the a lot of the first pieces I made were the... It, to me, this album's very half and half. Uh, it's almost every other song. So there's like kind of a, a real ambient uh, kind of non-structured piece and then a very structured piece with beats and everything uh-huh. like that. And it's kind of one after the other, one after the other throughout the whole album. And that was kind of the intention was... Uh, I thought it would be cool personally that if because i i like both and i don't really hear both on a singular album it's typically one or the other and for me i wanted to say okay well you know especially in this day and age when it's rare that uh, this community i think more than others listens to full albums but in the grand scheme most people are still listen to singles or one-shots, make their own playlists, whatever it is. So cool. If you only like the structured stuff, you can <laughs> copy half the album, put it in a the playlist. There you go. If you like the other yeah. stuff, you can do that too. But I was hoping maybe if somebody that listens to beat-oriented music maybe hadn't heard the other stuff, they could go and they would like that and then go search out some of these other artists that are doing that style of music and vice versa. And so that was kind of my intent behind it so I could continued doing both without like i have to have an ambient record for this one i have to have a beat record for this one i just wanted it to be my normal progression of the way that i was learning what i was doing what i was having fun with and find a way to make it work and uh, hopefully i did
0: no i i think that's great it's something that i've i've been mulling over a lot as well and, and listening to your album was kind of like okay this is this is kind of what i've been imagining you know like what i want to do um as far as just like you said I, I i love ambient i love i love droning stuff i you know i could listen to just like a couple of nice sine waves and reverb right. for you know uh, for an hour I have. but <laughs> yeah right Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um so yeah i've been like trying to build like i'm 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 figuring out how i want to do my my own version of that and and incorporate you know um you know, like the beat-driven stuff, like my my previous albums before I got into modular, Um and then I really like I've been playing guitar for 20 years or more, I think, and I you know I want to find a way to incorporate that, but I'm finding that it's um it's it's really hard. So <laughs> so like I'm gonna spend some more time. I'm gonna make an ambient album. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep practicing on this thing until I feel like. I can get to that level, but it sounds like, from what I can hear on that album, you you fucking you nailed it, dude. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. So, um, what kind of, I guess, are you? How do you do your drums? I'm kind of curious about that. Do you do you do kind of partial? Do you have some external drum machines, or do you do you use a lot of modules for your drums?
1: Nope, drums are all inside the uh, Euro rack. So, for drums on the album. I think yeah, the the whole album on the on the drums was uh, 100%. The assimilator, the Rasm electro assimilator, using that as a, a, a sample box and going on and finding the samples that I wanted. A lot of them are just stock ones that came with it, and other ones are ones I went and uh, and uh, purchased off Splice or something like that, and that was predominantly almost every one that you hear on there a lot of it has to uh do with what you know what i think has become something that i've used on, on you know not in every song but very often is the Maris auto bit and that really adds a lot of uniqueness to I think the the sound of the, or the the way the drums go, so I can even take yeah I actually did on on the most recent single I put out smaller um, that was all, all an eight bar eight bar loop, and I was able to uh make it sound interesting to me by using the auto bit, so that was all that, and nowadays I still only use that for drums, and I also added the black noir from endorphins and that's my other drum source that I use.
0: Okay, cool. And um I mean you don't ha- you, you don't have to give us all your secrets, but I'm curious what you use for like your uh your 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 like gate sequencer for building the patterns and whatnot.
1: I'm really sorry to do this, but my dog is going nuts down here. <laughs> I think this That's happened right. with a couple of you know, when I listen to the I other podcast, Yeah, I'm, I'm not breathing heavy. It was my dogs jumping on each other, but now they are opening up uh, one of my boxes from Perfect Circuit, so they're probably oh, eating yeah. one of my modules. Get that. So I'm going to go put them upstairs real quick. It'll be right back. Yeah, no problem. Come here, guys. Come on. Upstairs. Let's go. All right, really sorry about that.
0: No problem, man. Um, so where were we? Oh yeah, uh trigger I guess trigger sequencers, uh, gate gate suite sequencers for for drum beats cuz that that seems to be the thing that I'm having the biggest problem with is uh trying to make convincing sounding drum patterns. <laughs> yeah, I think um one thing I'm still, you know, trying
1: to figure out and learn is to to get especially a, a good swing in it and uh, l- a little bit of an offset and figure that out. I've, I've used a lot of different sequencers and tried a bunch. I think predominantly on, the, on this album, on Good Morning Midnight, I used the uh, PolyEn sec. and okay. that has been—it's uh, for me—it's just super easy to use. I love the randomization feature where I can start it there and kind of d- d- uh, almost subtract notes and or subtract steps until i figure out what i want and um it's got velocity it's got uh you can do all these great rolls ratcheting, ratcheting and um yeah it's it's been a huge help for me
0: okay well that's nice to hear yeah i was i really i don't try to get too too gear techie talky on the on the show but um just after listening to it i was kind of like i want to i want to know what he's using for this um and and how much guitar did you use on this album
1: uh, just, it just kind of sprinkled in here and there. I think um, a few different tracks, maybe, uh, I think I can't remember, I think there was ten tracks on it, probably five of them. There were just a few parts here and there. Um, I can think of maybe three tracks that were had a lot in there. A couple other ones had just a little tiny bit and little, certain parts. And then the title track, Good Morning Midnight, was actually uh, the only one on the album that's not modular at all. And that was made completely with guitar. Um, some, that was the only track that had drums from a software program and live bass. And then these sounds, I think, anything else, the, all the crackles. I, that was a uh, uh, and Aka. They're another great pedal maker. Uh, he does the awesome work. And a lot of effects were made on that and using the Micro Granny from uh, Bastel.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, the one that the one that was popping in my mind and and the reason I was kind of like, did you use guitars cuz it it sounded like you could have maybe got this guitar-esque sound out of the modular system and that's the the opening track which just is a, is fucking badass, uh Albatross. And it almost has kind of like a doom, a doom metal like aspect to it, which I've kind of been grooving on lately.
1: So Yeah, I'm real big into kind of like uh just post-rock and post-metal and uh, that That was actually i think I think that was the first song I made for the album, and okay. that was made uh using the instru harmonig and uh just hundred percent modular on that. everything you heard on that track was all modular there no, actually no, shit. Okay. no 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 I, I take that back. There was maybe three strums throughout, so in the background um, there 's a part where you just hear uh, some distortion guitar. And there's uh-huh. that that happened like two or three times in that song.
0: Okay, yeah, that's that's awesome. That's a, so that's the thing that I'm trying to go for. But every time I start playing guitar with my uh, with my modular, I end up just start jamming on some like blues pentatonic scale, and I'm like, this sounds so dumb. Like, <laughs> I just I need to I need to figure something out. Um, Maybe it's because I don't know how to play guitar that it works. <laughs> That you know what I'm going to I'm going to run with that. I'm just going to say I'm just too fucking good at guitar. Um right. it's it's shooting myself in the foot with it. Yeah. <laughs> um so you've been touring or playing a lot of shows lately, right? On this on this album release? Uh
1: no, not not too much. I just play um I've actually only played out twice in my entire time playing. No shit? Yeah.
0: I I've, don't know why I was thinking you were playing out a lot.
1: No, uh huh. for one, I I don't I with my regular job just don't have time to go do that, but Um, The main thing I do is uh, WMD Devices, uh, they put together a local show on the first Monday every every month in Denver called Freak Boutique. And it's kind of like a lottery, so it's like an open modular mic type thing, and you put your name in, and if you're drawn, then you get to play. And uh, i played at two of those so far. I'm actually playing next Monday as well and uh yeah th- those are a lot of fun those guys are awesome there i've got a lot of their modules and they they're super great and nice and people and just all around good people and they put this on uh once a month and it's always a good time and it's getting bigger and bigger every time we go out there so it's uh it's a good time
0: yeah that's that seems to be what's happening up here is we we've got uh you know a monthly thing with modular on the spot And then, uh, in the off season, uh, something called modular nights, which is more of an open format where we can use, uh, stuff other than modular gear. And, um, it just seems over the last like three or four months, those things have been packed out and it's been growing, which is cool. And it's cool to hear that, um, that Colorado has a scene and and you're in Denver. Is that right?
1: Yeah. I live uh, right outside of Denver, but yeah, pretty
0: much Denver. Okay. Okay. Um, so so yeah how is the scene there sounds like you got a. I mean you got a, a regular show that people are, like the, if you have a lottery system it seems like there's there's more uh people that want to play than yeah. there's room for so that's that's a good thing
1: yeah i think uh right before i moved here i think most people that entered in the lottery uh, as far as i knew got it and now there's just more and more every every week uh every month that, that try to get in and now it's harder and harder to play in that sense, but it's awesome because there's just more and more uh, different talent to watch, and uh, it's 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 really growing. And I think that's everywhere because I, I know in Austin, I was trying to tr- look around, figure out what I was going to do, and if there was anywhere I could play. And uh, I think they had just started Modular ATX, uh, Austin, Texas, and. Um, was looking into that and then heard more and more people there and then met some people there and just never had the opportunity while I was living there. And so when I moved here and found this, I went to go check out the, one of the nights and it was great and everybody was just super – I think that's one of the things about this is that the the whole community that that I've met at least is just super supportive and – they're always very interested and very respectful and, you know, they, of what you're doing and wanting to learn and hear about what, you, what you've done. And it
0: doesn't matter what level you're at. Everybody just wants to
1: help and be a part of it, and it's really awesome.
0: That's that's funny that you brought that up because that was going to be the next thing I was going to ask you. Um, having been through, you've been through a couple different types of scenes, you know, um, the sublime type band. Uh, so you're in kind of like a, a, a reggae rock scene and then hip hop scene. Like I was going to ask how drastically different <laughs> the modular scene has been, but it, it's it sounds like it sounds like you have the same thing to say that everybody does.
1: Yeah, I mean, being in the, all different worlds and. You know, I was in the, when when I was in that band Indofin and I got shot at. And so <laughs> that was a, that was that had nothing to do with it. But that, it was just, right, but, right. but still, we got, you know, we got in fights and it was just not, you know, the, the bands you'd play with all wanted to be better than the other ones. And uh, you can't talk to, oh, you're looking at my girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. And we're fighting and the next thing you know, and it was crazy. And that's the whole kind of scene that that was. And the whole uh, DJ scene that I was in was, you know, just back then in the, early 2000s was just drug oriented and nobody really cared and they were just yeah. you know all in ecstasy <laughs> and acid and just doing it in their own little world anyways and <laughs> yeah. but it, it's just a, a different type of person i think and it's uh to me just the by far the most supportive community like no like you said nobody's trying to like uh hide secrets and they all want to be tell you what they're doing and they everybody's excited to talk about it cuz if you're like me which most, a lot of these people in this uh, scene are they that's what they want to talk about and i can talk about it for hours
0: that's why i started this show my wife could not handle me telling her about my new modules anymore <laughs> it's like you i gotta, gotta talk, talk to somebody, somebody about it right um, <laughs> <laughs> um well i so yeah it's that's 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 right on on track with i i having this podcast i've i've had this conversation with so many different people and i've been trying to figure out you know why why is it different and i have a couple i' have a couple theories here or, or one theory with a bunch of a couple different uh, ideas backing it up i think one um we 're all i think most most everybody in the scene is uh is pretty adult it's you, you know it's it 's kind of expensive to get into it right. um so there's not a lot of uh, the younger Younger kids, um, it is. It's really hard, and it's really, uh, it's really subjective um, format and, and and medium. So I think that that creates kind of this this uh, openness. Everybody's like, yeah, this is weird, and there's no rules, and it's hard, and um, and I um, yeah, people are just enthusiastic to see somebody else as into it as they are, which kind of leads me to my next thing. Is is it's so gear driven? It's just we're all so nerdy that like. Oh my god, you use that module in that way. That's crazy, you know. Like and then we could talk for, you know, three rounds of beers about that. Right. So um Well that's cool to hear that there's that the it's it's the same for you and um and that Colorado's got something cool. Is is it kind of built around WMD being there or is was there a scene there it seems like there's always this there's always some sort of uh, center that everything gloms around and here it was the the modular on the spot combined with our store patchworks but yeah. is there like a scent store there in, in denver no
1: there's actually not and I, I really do think i mean at least since i've been here that those guys have really cultivated it and made it into something um there's no shop or anything like that you know i, I was looking at other outlets and still you know uh powwow audio or pow academy um, I was the ambassador in Austin, but never got around to doing a live one there. And now I'm supposed to do one here, so hopefully that will contribute. So we're going to have a live, live broadcast hopefully in February uh, through PAL Academy. And um, they have now, through the, the, the I think it all kind of came from this, but the Colorado Modular Synth Society. And we all talk on Facebook and uh, you know just converse and then we all meet up. We're typically the ones that are playing at the Freak Boutique and they also have a, now a once-a-month meetup too that I unfortunately just because of life haven't been able to attend one yet. But they've been supposedly great and just the turnouts have just been bigger and bigger every single time and uh, they'll, they'll pick a different topic to work on. I think they did a – um, you know do-it-yourself modules one time and i think last last month uh the guys from wmd came out and did a talk on the uh 16 channel mixer that they have and you know just telling you how to use it in different ways to use it and things like that so that's been uh, really cool and you know, I'm, I'm excited to to be a part of that as well
0: that is so cool yeah um yeah, just that just speaks to exactly what what we were just talking about of how accepting and open it is. It's like you would think these these manufacturers like on the WMD scale and like you know your your make noise and your your uh you know your intelligels all these guys you'd think there would be some rock star attitudes around in there, but so far I have encountered none. Like when I started this podcast before, like no one even knew what it was or if it was going to happen. Like. Div kid like reached out to me and he was like, "I think this is cool. I want to, I want to be on it." And I was just like, "Are you, f- are you fucking serious?" And he's just like the nicest, most open guy. But you would think like he's like one of the rock stars, but he's just right. there's just no ego in it. It's it's really crazy. Yeah,
1: I mean, no ego except for maybe Nathan Moody.
0: You can do yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> Nathan, dial dial it back a little bit. Um. <laughs> um yeah, it's it's just been it's been crazy to meet all these people, and uh, it's it's I don't know what's going on. It's I I think it's kind of this perfect combination of something that's so easy to be enthusiastic about, and it's so new and wide open as far as the technology and a way of making music goes. Um, and then also, it doesn't hurt that the the music that you can make on it sounds really fucking cool. No, um, I mean
1: it's it's it's. It, I think that's one of the best things is that. These people that are, I would I would consider you know the the big the big guns in the in this kind of scene and they're just all open they're just nerds like us and want to talk about it you know I've had conversations <laughs> yeah. with Austin and R Benny and um, yeah with Marcus yeah. Fisher about tape and uh, Heinbach all the time and you know all these people that that are putting out amazing music and it's just so cool that they're just so receptive to uh, listening and 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 you know, questions that you ask them and just talking about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I think, you know, starting the show, I was kind of like, I I hope, I hope this is something that I can, you know, keep doing and be excited about. And, you know, I'm, I'm almost at a year, which is crazy because it's just gone by in a blink and I'm, I'm just excited about it as I was when I started. And I think that's just because it. It hasn't. There hasn't really been any like conversations where I really feel like I'm pulling teeth, or it doesn't feel like I've been brushed off by anybody that I've you know approached to be on the show. Um, I don't know. It's 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 awesome.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you, you should be excited because you're talking to me now, and
0: yeah. Or, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to start that whole ego thing that uh, <laughs> it doesn't work for me. Never mind. <laughs> uh, so, back to your command center. I'm wondering, something that I've been struggling a lot with is, um, you know, like I, I, I want to put a size restriction on, on my case, uh, just because I know how I am. I, I, I have a tendency to lust after pieces of gear and, um, if I don't build some sort of framework for me to work in, I'll, I'll just go nuts, um, I'm trying to make 6U 104 HP work for me. It's it's not. I, I think I need one more. But is is it always just going to be one more, I wonder? And I look at your command center and how do you navigate all of that? Oh. It's it's, it's enormous. enormous. Tim the old saying, size matters,
1: you know? Yeah. It's, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, I
0: mean, I I
1: I've uh, I, I've had uh, you no know, each system I have is in a portable rig and I, I got two main systems and I even bought uh, the little um, Pulp Logic case that I can take out and you know do in nature and things like that. Like, I love the Pulp Logic stuff. Dude. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. But yeah. I think um, well, a lot of what you see it, it is in one case. It's in the Frap Tools case that I have and uh forget how many HP that is. I think it's like one well, – I can't remember what it is, but it's one something. And that's – Kind of the main system that I pull things in and out. The other one that I have, which is probably a little bit bigger, um similar size, I keep a lot of my extra modules. So the main thing for me is that every time I sell something, I realize a month later, like, oh, I need that.
0: Yeah, there's <laughs> like, been a few things that I regret selling. Yeah,
1: sure. it was just like something uh, that a feature that I needed to do something that I didn't know I was going to be able to do. Like I played a live set at Freak Boutique a couple of weeks ago. And I was using the same thing that I use a million times, which is the Rossum assimilator for samples, but realized I needed to – I didn't have enough outputs on it because it had eight, and I needed to put a whole lot of samples on one output but be able to use control voltage to trigger them and – I did, I realized like almost every CV that's what this is this started the whole thing of me buying all these CV modules. But <laughs> I, I realized that almost all the ones I had were random, and I was like, I I, uh, "That's not going to work. I need something that's not random. I need, oh, I need a voltage block, which I had a couple of weeks ago, and then <laughs> sold yeah. that. And I said that would have been perfect for this. So I, t- I tend to try to keep a good um, uh, a good array of different types of modules around, even if I don't know exactly what I'm doing with them yet, because that tends to be the case, because like I said, I got uh, don't have a lot of time. Um, but I'll get them because I'm interested in them, I like them, and hopefully eventually <laughs> learn them a little bit better and better as I go along. And some of them I've just kept around, even though I haven't even really been able to dive into yet, and uh, hopefully will at some point, but it's always they always come in handy. So one of them is almost kind of like the... Handy case or the extra case, and then it's, but I, I, I'm i not gonna lie, it, it has splurged over, and ones that they're, they're just kind of switching in and out. So now I kind of use it like that because ever since I started playing live, I, I like having it all condensed and focused in that one smaller kind of case. And but I don't want to only be confined to those for an entire album or uh, any length of time, so I can just while I'm here at home, I can use the other case and then mix and match, and then I find out things that I want to do. And then when it comes time to, uh, if I record like that, I can record like that. But if it comes time to play a show, then I can just pop those modules in, switch them out, and I'm good to go.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's probably the best balance for, for somebody who's interested in recording uh, as much or more uh, as they are playing live. Um, and that was, that makes me, uh, brought me to my next question for you is, uh, how much, how much multi-tracking did you do with, with the modular stuff on this album? As far as like, well, I guess as far as like individual things going into different tracks and, uh, recording them at the same time or, and, uh, you know, multiple passes.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, a lot of the, cause I told you like I was half of it is kind of the ambient stuff. That's not structured at all. And half of it's very structured, and the unstructured stuff was more from the beginning and I think that a lot more of that was all a kind of a one take type of deal um, i didn't have the w m d mixer and the db twenty five cable to to record it in different takes, so it was just a one stereo take going through and then i did there's a lot of things I just didn't like about that because i couldn't go back and adjust those levels or you hear that one sound that you don't want to hear in there or you want to be able to compress the drums a little more or add a little bit of reverb to one sound so I think a lot more of the structured stuff that you hear on the album like um, Stillwater uh, September and Reno uh, those types of tracks that's when I began doing more of that where it's kind of a combination, it just depends on what I'm feeling. Uh, Sometimes it will be a straight kind of cut and paste. Like I'll just like this one part and I'll record it. And it's almost like I'm making my own samples and then I'll just uh, place them in the DAW. And other times I'll use it and I'll record uh, now that I have the WMD and the DB25 cables, can put them in and record uh, a, you know, eight tracks at once, do a live take, and then go back and cut out parts. Or if I didn't like a certain part, take that out and put something else in, that
0: type of stuff okay so you weren 't like beholden to any sort of like um, like rules you put on yourself for a recording project, just like whatever it took to get the, the the sound you wanted
1: yeah, I think a lot of it depends on like the the type of song i'm i 'm making at the time, and a lot of times i don 't yeah. know until i 'm making it but yeah. uh, <laughs> but if it's if it is that kind of more structured thing i I've, I've, I've found that my best method is uh, recording individual tracks, cutting and pasting, and putting different like a lot of like a lot of the tracks you heard might have uh six different parts and i only you only hear one or two of those because i never used the other ones but i just went kept doing different takes of different types and running them through different effects and things like that totally. and then going back totally. and kind of piecing it together
0: later on and finding yeah. what sounds best my first my first three albums were all th- that exactly like i would basically i would find something i liked i'd record like four bars of it and then i would just use it as a sample and you know I was like down to if I had two different types of i-hat, like everything got its own track. I would get up to like, you know, 30 tracks because I wanted to EQ and pan everything like individually. So getting into modular has been, it was, it's been tough to get over that, but I'm, I'm finally accepting that. And I think that's why I'm finally just now finishing this first actual thing that I'll call an album. That's all modular. Um, Each thing is just two tracks. Like, that's been really hard for me. Yeah. Um, That's kind of
1: talking about the other side of things, is that I think one of the most, especially coming from a, all these different genres and different styles of music and different ways to play music, and one of the most cathartic and also scariest things that, that about Modular to me is that when you're done with your patch, you're done with your patch, and you yeah. unplug it all, and it's gone. <laughs> and so, a lot of times, I've had struggles like not recording it. But I know if I'm going to record it, it's going to take a lot of time and do it the right
0: way. And so, I'm just like, no, that's it. That, I enjoyed it. That was good enough. I'm done. Totally. And and that's a that's a real double edged sword. Like because. I I find like if if I think something's cooler, yeah, you want to record it because you're like, well, if I take this apart, it's gone. So I might as well lay it down. But then I start noticing like, oh shit, my uh, my hard drive's full. Yeah. <laughs> of of and I, and like honestly, when am I going to have the time to go through and pour through all of this? Like, I think I think romantically, I imagine myself as like an old man, like getting out a hard drive and going through and like putting like. And finding stuff, but I I really don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. well, I
1: almost do the same thing already with my Instagram. Then I go back, and it's one, that's one of the things I need to stop doing because I'll go back and I'll play something and be like, damn it, why didn't I record that? That's awesome. <laughs> and then other things, I'm so glad I didn't, but there's just that one in a million Like I'm going through. I'm like... Oh, what what happened that day that I would not sit there and, and record that and turn that into a song because there's no way it's ever coming back but that's also yeah. like it's such a cool thing about it is that you have to let it go like you just it, it was there in the moment maybe you got a 60 second snippet on Instagram maybe you didn't record it at all and you'll never remember it but in the moment it felt great and it was awesome and that's all you needed and then it just that's clean slate is just you know in other types of music you you just it's hard to step away once you started something, because but here you have to and there's so many days I come down where I'm like, all right, this patch that's currently there I really like it but I really want to start something new but I can't I can't do both and in other ways you know <laughs> you can do both I can work on playing guitar and work on five different songs at once, but if this is what I'm working on here it's that or nothing. So I just say, okay, I'm not feeling it. I'm starting over and just pull everything out. And that, that pulling of the cord is like,
0: <laughs> it's
1: a, it's a great feeling and also a scary feeling.
0: It's so weird. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Cause I, I you're, you're kind of just like describing when I'm, if I'm playing a show a week from today, I'm going to start stressing. Now I got to build my set and I'll build something tonight and tomorrow night. And be kind of lukewarm on it, and then you know, three days in, I'll be like, uh, I don't really like it, and I'll wrestle through it all night. And then, then like two days before the show, I'll just be like, I think I got to tear this apart. And then I'll just like, I, I don't know if I should do this, but you start pulling stuff out, and once you're like five five patch cables out, you're like, okay, that's that's totally gone. I I have I have jumped off of this cliff, and that's it, that's it. I, there's nothing I can do about that, and it, it is it is an exhilarating and kind of like are am I an idiot but also like this is it's like this weird exercise in freedom i don't know not that's that's a little maybe a little heady to think about but
1: <laughs> no i think i think it, it actually does kind of relate to a lot of different things in life like i said learning to let go and just um i i think that a lot of people have difficulty in that and it it becomes you can put that in other aspects of your life but if we're just talking about modular it's still like you know it's it's both it's it's just so weird because it's those two feelings just just ramming head to head it's just that that cathartic (laughs) feeling of it's done no matter what i'm starting over and the other one of did i just leave something behind and
0: (laughs) yeah well i mean i've said it a a lot of times but I, i can't stress it enough how much it reminds me of just kind of like just standard buddhism like it's kind of like that it's like the mandala you know you did the sand painting and then you sweep it away at the end um and i just i kind of like that um so we're we're burning through this time here and uh we're going to get to an adjective and noun but before we do that i gotta ask about the mask <laughs> Which one? The one that lights up like a fucking skeleton face. It's, oh, yeah, yeah. It like blinks around when you're playing. It's fucking rad. You got to go to his Instagram listener and check this mask out. <laughs> yeah,
1: that actually, that that one's probably my favorite. And it, that was the only time I got to use it. And now it's broken. <laughs> oh, shit. I was actually going to bring it to my because I, I used it uh, I, on that. The, the one that you're referring to was on the live set prep for what turned into the single smaller that i just released and that is uh i use that and then all of a sudden i try to plug it in and just like all this stuff it just doesn't work so it doesn't charge but that one and um there's another one a blue one that are both like that that are activated off sound um I, i don't know i just have an affinity towards halloween and masks and things in general so i pick up a lot of these different things i've got like five other like really freaky masks and some funny ones and uh, I don't know I thought it would be interesting just to kind of mix it all together and then, then when I found these ones that respond to music uh, it just obviously obviously made sense and I'm getting a lot more into video these days uh, got a nice camera and started working on th- that aspect of things and uh, just trying to step my visual game up this year I guess.
0: Yeah, that's so they they're they they blink and react just to to like volume levels. I'm wondering, I'm putting a call out to all all you uh you engineers who listen um make make some weird light up mask that's CV controllable.
1: Wi-Fi CV controllable masks. We'll buy Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, those would sell. <laughs> so I guess um what what's what's the plan? Um you just just keep making albums do you, do you eventually want to do some touring stuff, or you just kind of you kind of dislike doing what the way it 's going right now
1: yeah I mean uh you know just with life in general, I just don 't have a a huge capacity of time to. To go and tour, but if the right opportunity came, it'd probably be more like a one-off thing. And you know, you get the opportunity to go overseas or something like that, or even just quick trips to you know whatever California. Give me a reason to to go, and I'll go. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, but it, you know, that's as probably as far as the live experience uh, will extend to, and other than that you know i just do it for myself more than anybody and just love it's it's you know what i've always loved since i was in high school and learned to play guitar and ever since then um it's always trying to find an outlet and this has been it and it's just awesome to find people that actually appreciate that and listen to it and um so yeah so now the plan for uh, this year hopefully is I have the single I just put out, which I just kind of... I did that last time with the first song on the last album that you were talking about, Albatross.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: it's, it's kind of almost like the uh, cutting of the ribbon or the breaking of the glass so a champagne bottle. When I finished my first song for the album, I put that out as a single. So I did that with Albatross, and then I didn't put anything else out officially until the album. And then I put out Smaller, which is the first recorded song for the new album, and we're going to work on that. And then I also have a potential project uh with one of my uh favorite hip hop artists that uh, is doing has done very well for himself and been around for a long time and uh not going to really divulge too much at this point cuz it's all kind of up in the air but if that happens I'm going to be a little fanboy who's happy
0: <laughs> oh nice well yeah keep me keep me informed on on that um cuz uh, I am I am not afraid of having return guests um and uh also keep in touch about um you said you're going to you're going to be doing an event here in in february i, I could hopefully try to pa- uh, pair this release to be close to that if it if it works out that would be cool so keep me in the loop on on that
1: oh it's it's monday <laughs> oh it is yeah. <laughs> okay yeah sorry no it's all good
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh tim edit this part out um cool well let's uh, let's look at this random adjective generator here um I, it usually takes me a few tries There's some pretty, it, it usually doesn't make sense or it's kind of dumb, but I, I stopped on this one because it just seems fitting. Um, your adjectives, adjective is complex and your noun is dog. <laughs> okay. I figured since the dogs were rustling around in the background, it'd make, it'd yeah. make sense. And if be I didn't walk them so.
1: upstairs, I, I'd probably sample them right now, but they're up there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So earlier I showed you the Pittsburgh modular microvolt, 3900 and i was uh, basically using it with the original uh signal chain now i am using the patch bay to break that apart and use it in uh ways that are custom for this particular patch so i've got the fold wave coming out on its own and then i'm controlling the timbre of that fold wave with the uh, the function generator that is on the microvolt and then i am uh actually using uh the vca out to uh modify the dynamics of that function generator. So let's hear what that sounds like. Okay, interesting. And then I've got the pulse out going into the filter of the microvolt. um, And then I'm feeding that output into its own mixer. But I'm controlling the frequency of that filter With actually, there's a little mixer at the bottom. So I have combined the LFO ramp and um, the envelope out. um, And then I'm controlling the frequency of the filter with that. And um, the envelope is actually being controlled by the LFO pulse. So it sounds like this. And then I've got the saw wave coming out and I've got that going into the stomp box adapter from AI synthesis and then into the Afterneath from Earthquaker devices. Um, so let's get s- this arpeggiator going on it so we can. And let's bring this pulse wave up into it. And we'll bring the fold in as well. So that is pretty fun. Um, let's control the pitch instead of the arpeggiator built in. I'm going to use the CV keys by Hungry Robot, which is just a little uh, uh, a little controller. So. mess with the attenuators for how the timbre of the the fold is being controlled by that function generator and we can also mess with the attenuator for how that pulse width is being affected. I forgot to mention that I'm actually controlling the pulse width with the second output from that mixer which uh, to remind you I've got the LFO ramp going in and the envelope coming out. So let's take that back out. Now, let's bring this arpeggiator back in. Now, I can slowly uh, fade from the random uh, voltage output, which is, uh, controls the arpeggiator. So that's what we're getting our notes from. I can turn from that random source to the LFO ramp, and then you can hear the LFO start to control the pitch. To the arpeggiator. So that's just one simple little demonstration of how you can patch this thing to itself and get some pretty unique sounds. Go to pittsburghmodular.com to learn more about the Microvolt 3900 and their other amazing products. And uh, check out the AI Synthesis Stompbox if you want to use your modular gear with uh, great pedals like the Earthquaker Afterneath. All right, let's listen to uh, the complex dog patch from Gerald Fjord. Complex Dog from Gerald Fjord. Um, if you guys want to uh, check out his music, I highly, highly suggest you do. His uh, new album, Good Morning Midnight, is available on Van- Bandcamp on uh, cassette and vinyl now, a nice pink vinyl. It's pretty cool. So it's at uh, geraldfjord.bandcamp.com and uh, check out his Instagram. Don't forget to check out uh, obsidiansound.net if you're looking for some mix notes or some mastering for a new project you've finished. Um, Check out patchworks.com, P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com. If you get something from Patchworks, let me know. I want to know what you got. Um, Check out afterlateraudio.com and, of course, pittsburghmodular.com. Until next week.